0: Welcome to HeCast, the official podcast of He Changed It. My name is Mike Chisholm. As always, I'm very excited to be doing this. Um, my wife is the CEO of the company. It's not like a broken record here where I get the I get the, the the fun stuff. I get to run the podcast for He Changed It as we grow this thing into. Uh, well, what, we're, what we're thinking is going to be a worldwide phenomenon. I get the fun part because I get to talk to people who have interesting stories, interesting experiences, and uh, just kick around the idea of, of of mental health in 2021 and beyond. Uh, the guy I'm going to talk to today, uh, I'm particularly excited about talking to. Um, he's a filmmaker. I've met him a few times in my life. We've grown up in the same region of the planet. And uh, and and this is a guy that I believe it's okay to live vicariously through people sometimes, especially if you um, are still living your life. But maybe you might be um, supercharging yourself a little bit about where you want to go through watching others succeed doing what they love to do. The man that we're gonna talk to today um My word, has he ever done that? He has taken what he wanted to do, learned the business of it, and uh, is succeeding in some massive, massive ways. He has made films uh, that started with uh, marijuana culture, the the union, uh, the culture high. Um, It might even be a little bit of responsible for getting marijuana legalized in Canada. I'm not sure. We can ask him about that. But then to other things, he's always loved hockey. So he's made a trio of hockey documentaries, uh, documentaries on fighters like Boom Boom Mancini, and, and Michael Bisbing, um, fascinating topics like inmate one, the the rise of Danny Trejo, um, and he is now working on a documentary about Mr. Olympia with none other than Seven Bucks Productions, the uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson's company, and he's a guy that's grown up in the same area that I have. He's a guy that's around my age. He's a guy that. Um, is just a regular guy like we all are. And today our topic, well, we've gotten into some heavy topics in the past, whatever. Today's topic is going to be on dreaming and just shooting for your dreams. Adam Scorgi, thank you for taking time out of your insane schedule to, to, to hear me and to, and to, and to my pestering and put up with all that shit and come on in here and talk to me today. Thank you so much. We're really grateful to have you here.
1: My pleasure, man. I, I love doing this kind of stuff. It's a, uh, almost therapeutic for me at times to even kind of just enjoy the moment and kind of realize what me and my team have accomplished at times. So thank you for the, the amazing intro. Like as, as I hear that, I'm kind of like, wow, that guy's killed it. I'm like,
0: Oh, that's me. Like, that's <laughs> you, awesome. have, like, you have killed it. Like uh, you really, really have, um, your first documentary. And I don't want to like you and I, um, have talked at functions before about different things. We both are very passionate about the things that we love. And, and when, you, you know, it's always like a fisherman always recognizes another fisherman. As soon as, as soon as you get a, A commonality. You can just go and go and go. I don't want to spend very much time on marijuana on this podcast. Um, uh, You're probably talked to death, but I I, I was being a little tongue in cheek, but really there is a through line between you making the union and marijuana becoming legal in Canada. There There is a through line there. Like you are responsible in a small way.
1: There is definitely, I mean, both the union and the culture high were invited to Parliament Hill by the liberal party to look at enacting legislation to make it legal which they now have both films were invited they were bipartisan screenings they had mps from conservatives and ndp and all taking a look at it and then couple of years after both films had screened, they put forth the bill to make Canada the first G7 country to make it federally legal in the world. So yeah. I don't know what percentage you could put, but I definitely <laughs> think, you know, also when the union came out, it was at that perfect transition of when social media really became a secondary way of communication for a lot of people, right. especially younger people, especially in universities. Cause all of a sudden I remember we're getting all these requests to go screen at universities all over the, I'm like, man, where's this coming from? Cause It wasn't even out yet.
0: Yeah. You didn't have a PR firm throwing this out to everybody. Yeah, We didn't
1: didn't have a distribution deal (laughs) at that point. It was, it had gone to festivals. It had leaked online. And my friend told me, he was like, he was a big Pirate Bay guy. And he was like, Adam, I know this is not the best kind of compliment, but he's like, the union is trending as one of the top downloads on Pirate Bay right now. And I was like, shit, we don't even have a distribution deal. But I was like, that's kind of cool that it's in the zeitgeist, but also not cool that there's no money to be made there, but it is ultimately what led my team and i like that film will forever be i I think if i do a hundred films that'll always be the one that has an asterisk that started it all right it's what led to the follow-up and and then both the culture and that is what allowed my team to show that we weren't just activists that we were filmmakers right? right we could do we can tell a great story in any subject matter uh and you know just cannabis like we have the line in the first one although the the drug itself is not that addictive learning about it quickly becomes so
0: Absolutely. And, and it is, it's a rabbit hole. I, uh, um, and every time I've heard you speak, I've heard you make the joke or a bunch of times I've heard you make the joke uh, where it's like, I'm still paying for the union. Like, I am. <laughs> Fuck, that one is like, that's not
1: like the only project I've never made money on that one. But if you look at, and, and this can comes into where we're talking about with your app, with health and, and the way you look at things, I've been fortunate and I will not claim to be that this was just something that I figured out, or I've just been lucky where I don't see others could look at the union and see a giant failure financially when you look it didn't make money it, it you know i still owe my dad like 40 grand or whatever <laughs> he's written it off he's like that was like i never paid for you to go to college that was like your college <laughs> there you go degree right <laughs> um but using that i would you know my team and i were able to identify that like okay we didn't make money, but we did have a calling card to show that that was our first film. Yep. And it did you got a more than out of 90% of people. So, you know, this comes with the way you can perceive things. If you look at it and only ever, I try to train my daughter on this to look at things positively. Like she plays competitive hockey. So if she has a bad game, I'll be like, tell me three things you did good today. And she's like, nothing. Uh, I'm like, nope, nope. There, there's three Find things <laughs> you can pull. Even if it starts with like, well, I looked good today. Okay. Yep. That's one. Find right. Like Absolutely. Start, Start with that. So I've been fortunate where, you know, even with all the accolades and stuff the union had that financially didn't work. And I think now looking back and talking about it now, that was a blessing because then it showed I really had to learn the business for the next ones. Cause yes. the next movie, I was like, okay, I didn't make money on that one, but I need to learn if I want to do this as a living and not a hobby. Right. I need to stop treating it as a hobby and treating it like a, a business. And once excuse me, once I started to do that, Mm -hmm. then lo and behold, Scorgy Productions actually became a viable production company.
0: Right. And, uh, I am so grateful for it. I'm grateful that, uh, that you were able to, to, to get into the business that you are now, um, knee deep in all the way deep in. And, and, and it's a result of you basically just doing Stephen King talks about this when he says uh, in his book on writing, you write what you know, and and you wanted to be a filmmaker and uh, with your history and people can dive into the, watch The Union and they can find out, you know, your, your, because your bi- your biography in many ways, um, your early biography mm-hmm. is tied into that movie. Exactly. And in, in so yeah. many ways. And it's such a beautiful, uh, a beautiful story about how people can, can take what they know and they can turn it into what they want to do. And since The Union, that's what you've been doing. You've been making movies on the things that you love. That's a... <laughs> It making me reflect here. That's
1: very true. Cause I, it's funny as you say that I was just having, cause I knew when my team and I wanted to do the next one and we wanted to show, we could do something outside of the cannabis space. Right. I did exactly what you said. And I said, okay, like our next one, I know we can do other subject matters. And I want to show that we're just filmmakers that we're not activists. And I was like, I have to write to what I know, uh, what I had contacts to. Cause also when you're first starting in the industry, you can't just reach out to somebody from Hollywood because they'd be like, who are you? Yeah. Well, you did some pot doc. Yeah. Like, yeah. So you had, but <laughs> I did go to school with Enforce. I went to school with right here in KLO. I went with Todd Fedorik yep. and Scott Parker. Yep. And I was like, okay. I was like, if I want to do something on the enforcer thing, and I kept seeing it like in the media, every it's even still comes You're up about now. hockey enforcers, NHL hockey enforcers, so the uh, fighters yeah. in hockey. For yeah. It was like, you know, every, there's always fighting in hockey, brain concussions, like, you know, brain injuries, all that stuff it was always in the media that it needs to go. So it's like, okay, it's timely. Cause if it's always in the media, And then of course I reached out to Todd and I reached out to Parker. And then from there, when these guys saw that we just wanted to honor their story, whether you agree with fighting or not, right. Right. They are a huge part of hockey's history. And those guys paved the way for other guys and sacrificed, you know, their, their physical being in order to bring people entertainment and to make their dreams come true. Yes. And when all the guys kept seeing that we were asking the right questions and we weren't pushing a narrative, we weren't saying fighting doesn't belong or fighting should be glorified. We're just like, tell us your story, right? And what you want people. And then their community is so tight, it spiraled from there. And then I, I connected with Kelly Chase and he came on as a producer. And then once he told people it was good, then everybody did interviews. Wendell Clark, Joey Kosher, like everyone at that point, the lineup was just like once Kelly Chase came on, because he is incredibly respected within the NHL communities. And no matter how much respect players have for me as a producer, as a filmmaker, there's a, spec, there's a respect among players that you can just never get because they've been on the road together. They yeah. bled together. They Absolutely. know what it's like. That So once Kelly came on, then it was just like, I was like, we were like, okay, we can't even do any more interviews, right? Like we've got way too many at this point, right? Like we had to stop.
0: We had Richard Berder on the podcast and uh, by the time yours goes up, his will, his will be up as well. And, and one of the things he talked about was purpose and, and uh, you know, he played this crazy uh, NHL career, ended up at the, you know, finishing up at the highest level with the Vancouver Canucks. He was like the team MVP three out of six of the years that he played. And then suddenly it's over. And, and now he gets a corporate job and he got the job real easy because of his identity, but suddenly everything kind of changed and he went from doing what he dreamt about doing to not doing it anymore, and uh, and and you you really got a chance in all of the hockey documentaries because Ice Guardians is phenomenal, but so too is the Grant Fuhr story. Uh, Bob Probert, that was yours too, yeah, right? Yeah, I helped uh, you on know, that. So, yeah. so 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 like, um, there's uh, success leaves clues, but so too does sometimes the harder things. And and one of the things with he changed it um, is purpose, the idea of purpose, and that, that's why I really wanted you on this podcast so badly is you are living your purpose. <laughs> aren't you? Like, like guess, no, you are, aren't you? It like, feels like that
1: to me. Like when people ask, like, how did you leave the beautiful Okanagan to live in Edmonton? I'm like, man, it's sunny days every day for me. Cause I love what I do. Yes, I drop my kids off at work and I can't wait to tackle what I have on the desk. I can't wait for the excitement of like, how do I overcome this challenge? Or how do I sign the next talent? Or how do I raise money for the next one? Like for me, it, it, it is like getting, you know, as you said in the introduction, it even makes me think like, you know, if you would have told me when I was in high school yeah. that I would be the USC would be allowing me backstage access to film Michael Bisbane getting yep. inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yep. I would have been like that's fucking amazing. I probably wouldn't have believed you, yeah, but I would, I would have been 100%. like that's ama- I'm going to get to do that. Yeah. There's many times when I'm pinching myself when I'm doing these interviews with people and like cuz I'm can't wait to hear their perspective. I'm yes. like I can't believe that I get to do this for a living. Yes. Like I'm like go on. Like sometimes I'm like oh yeah, next question cuz I just yes. want to So I guess, yeah, I I guess uh, it's, I feel, I truly feel I have my dream job. So when you say I found my purpose, I think, I think. I think I have, I think.
0: Well, it's that old, I think it's a Chinese proverb. It's a, it's a proverb of some other, other land. And and the, the modern translation, the English translation is if you can monetize your passion, you never work a day in your life. And, and I think about that, like um, you and I are both fans, we're both hockey fans, but there's a lot of sports fans who, who, who listen to this podcast or or watch the videos. And, and, um, you know, think about your team that you worship. OK, think about that team or if you're an enthusiast of, of, of something like that, whether UFC, whatever it is, yours was the Edmonton Oilers. Yep. At a certain point in your trajectory of your career, you were given unlimited access to the entire team through the, to, to everything, everything, the history, including so many of the players, so many of the, like so, you, you got that.
1: So I've got a funny, I've got a couple of funny stories with that. Like, yeah. So I, I, I confess to being a diehard Oilers fan, like almost <laughs> the kind of guy that would get the tattoo. Maybe not lately. They're, I've they're, got a
0: King's crown on my body, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. So I'm a bigger fan of the Kings than they, he is. Okay. Of the Oilers, so uh, I'll take that. Okay.
1: <laughs> but you know, I, I'm sitting there. So we, we, so my producing partner, Don Metz brings, um making cocoa to me and he says hey we want to do grant's story like uh, can you put together the financing i'm like oh i'm pretty sure i can um and we talked to grant on the phone it's one of those moments where you had to you have to be in the moment and enjoy it you always try to be a professional and not but like i I was geeking out the whole day because we get on the phone with grants on speaker phones like hey grant don introduced me like hey it's adam Scorgi here from ice guardians and grant goes hey I just gotta say like, I'm really excited. We're about to do my doc, but oh. I absolutely loved ice guardians. And definitely if you're the one doing that, you are the guy that should be doing mine. And I was kind of like, I was like, <laughs> yeah, hey Grant, that's very cool that, you know, I'm glad you like my stuff. And like, I'm like, here's the guy that, you know, you I grew up like yeah. watching them win cups and part of this team. And I'm like, <laughs> and he's being like, I'm a fan of your work. Right. And now Grant and his lovely wife, Lisa, we become great friends. Um, it, it, it there's many times when it's surreal that these people that when I was growing up, I got to watch and now I work with them all the time and they text me and I text yeah. back and Joe and like even grant this, like grant never misses like birthday, happy birthday, Christmas saying happy, Merry Christmas. Like the guy is just a sweetheart of a man. Um, and I've met him I, a few times. He is a hell of a guy. I, it's um, a nicest, but, one of the nicest guys to ever play hockey. No question. 100%. And, and as you saw making Coco, what happened to him was just a shitty deal. And it was not, and you want to talk about taking it on the chin is he took everything on the chin yes. because he certainly wasn't the only guy in the league or on oh. that team that was doing that. But he took everything and just said, yep, I'll take my suspension. I'll Absolutely. take my lumps and I'll come back. Um, and that's, and that's where in the doc, you see it when we're making it, you just sort of like, I was like, oh, if you weren't a fan of this man before, after yes. you watch this doc, you were going to be a giant fan of him as an individual. You can still hate the Oilers and be like, I hate them. They beat my team. That's fine. <laughs> but you'll be like, man, is Grant something special.
0: Well, and the thing I love about um, your sports documentaries is, is many people, um, I know a, a lot of friends of mine, male friends of mine who, who they don't read books, but they will read sports autobiographies or biographies, things like that. Your movies kick the shit out of like reading a book about grant fear would <laughs> yeah. be amazing. And yeah. it'd be cool. And all of his stories are awesome. I had a dinner with him and stories are great. They're crisp. They're, they're entertaining, but there is nothing like, having a narrative like that interlaced with the footage of how things went back then and, and his reaction then in the media to his reaction now upon reflecting on it and everything. And it's just so tight and it's such a beautiful story. Have you always been able to find stories like that inside the things that you love, or do you discover them as you go as the project moves? I think that's what my, and I really,
1: if you notice, I keep saying my team here because films are just like a sports team. They're a team. There's, the yep. whole plethora of talented people behind me. I'm, I'm the voice and the money guy and the passion guy that brings yep. things together. But I think something my team does really well is that with every film, we don't try to push a narrative, right? Even with Grant's film, we knew there were some subjects we wanted to really tackle. We're like, okay, let's tackle, you know, being the first black player to be in the Hall of Fame. Let's tackle, you know, the suspension. Like, we told Grant, we're like, Grant, we can't do this as a puff piece and like not hit that. Absolutely. And the great thing about Grant is Grant is like, yeah, he's like, I've already lived through it, right? So I I don't know if you're at the premiere. He's like, so to go through it a second time was a cakewalk because I knew what the outcome was, right? So. He was like, not he like it was like, and that's refreshing as a filmmaker. Like that's something I always push guys when
0: I'm talking to him. Like, look, there's no ego. There's no agenda. There's can't no be a pretense. Pop piece. Like we yep. have to
1: go in. We have to talk about the warts and stuff too. yeah We'll do it in an artistic way that will only make people respect you more. But you have to, when you are forthcoming and you say all that, like when you just have Grant saying, yes, here, I did it. It was his own admittance that yep. got him suspended. He could have lied and he would have got a yep. much lesser suspension. Absolutely. But he came on the record and said, no, if you guys are going to write something about me with other witnesses, I will tell you what I did and for that to me like when we found that out like as filmmakers we're like oh yeah it's the best we did not have to just let this play out like because not many people knew that detail yeah so when we go into a project we know some of the through lines like hey we're going to cover this but you are dealing with factual stuff and this came up with biz where he's like guys I really don't want this part of the story not told and I don't want to not like you know, and then he was revealing some pretty big injuries he had, right? Yeah. And stuff like that that he's revealing in the doc. So for those that don't know, we won't spoil it, but uh there's only one champion in the world that this accomplished what Bisbing has and that's him. Uh.
0: Absolutely.
1: So uh I'll let him tell that because we'll be doing the media circuit for that shortly. Um That, that one's done. Done. That one's and in it, the it can It's on Super Channel right yep. now so Canadians can yep. watch it. Uh We haven't done my typical push because I know we're friends on Facebook and yep. normally you see like me, me, I put on my media dress and Absolutely. i'm out there like because we have yep. a big studio deal that's in the work we got a great offer so we have to wait and they they want to control all the so so what
0: them. does that mean that means Scorgi production Scorgy productions is your company. Yeah, okay. it's my company so would be then um owned by an umbrella and- nope, no no so or-
1: so just the film rights right so oh, super okay, channel okay. brought it to life gotcha we, we trigger it with a broadcast license from super channel yep. and i wouldn't have a career without them they bought all my stuff except for bailey um <laughs> they they uh they trigger it, and then with a broadcast license, we can, get our produce, we can get our federal tax credits, our provincial tax credits, and then, excuse me, the CMF fund or the Canadian media fund, and then we sell it internationally. Okay. So we've now got an amazing offer from one of the studios in Hollywood for the international rights, which-
0: Well, there we go. If this
1: closes after Inmate doing one and now this one, I believe our team is the only independent team that has accomplished two docs with a studio within a year. Wow. So I think we're the only I'm trying to look at other Canadian documentary filmmakers that have accomplished that. I haven't found any. Yeah. But I'm putting it out there to be proven wrong. So, Absolutely.
0: So. And 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 at the very, very worst, you're in a select group, but probably a trendsetter. And 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 definitely Hopefully. one in, definitely one in recent uh When recent if not, times. I'm not started yet. I'm only 42. So Well, we'll that's just it. And so, so so we'll 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 keep rolling. Um I I uh I love hearing you talk about because I mean I had planned. This was the easiest, by the way, everybody. This was the easiest podcast for me to ever, ever prep for. I, I, I literally didn't have to do anything other than kind of go back into my memory banks a little bit. And I watched Coco again, just to, for the hell of it, I had a buddy (laughs) over who had never seen it, but, but no. So, so one thing I got to ask you, this is a question that I already knew I was going to ask and it it has come up organically. You talk about the passion of wanting to be a filmmaker. You talk about the business of being a filmmaker. Those two things many times for many people. Yeah. They do not artists. And business many times don't mix. Um, I guess my question for you is this, because we're talking about you, you chased your dreams, you went for it, you found a way, you learned the business, you you evolved yourself, clearly, because if you were going to be a filmmaker, you had to fucking learn the business. Yep. So I'm going to ask you this question just out of your head, because you're a dreamer too, and you love things. Is there a documentary that you want to make that you know that you can't make because of the business? And what would the subject be on? Ooh, you know what? Right now,
1: you know, cause you've hit it. Like having, I always want to be passionate about it. And right mm-hmm. now the ones that are coming to me and my team are just ones that I'm like, that's so fucking cool. I just want to like, wow, there's not one it. that like, I'm kind of like, there's so many there. And we talked before us on here and I, I don't want to jinx them just in case because yep. until you have that life rights agreement signed, but yep. we have two bio docs that would be massive coming out after Bing, Uh, and Bisping is going to be massive. I promise you like, and trust me, my wife and I were too, we hated Bisbing when we watched him because he was, he came off as a it's cocky perfect. Brit. You're talking to the pro wrestling guy, right? So, you know,
0: that guy understands business. He was business. the first. Talk about understanding the business. He understood the business that he was in, that if he before became anyone, a character. Right. If before he Chael
1: Sonnen, yep. before Conor McGregor. Yep. In fact, Conor McGregor, when he first came over and started fighting the UFC, UFC reached out to Bisbing. 100%. They had the UK connection and Bisbing's agent in them ended up going. We're going back Bisbing, to Muhammad Ali. Like that's yes, what Bisbing. Bisbing yeah. And if you see him now and you follow his Instagram, dude, he's been with the i He's been with Rebecca since they were 19. Yep. They're high school sweethearts. They have three kids together. He's been one of the most, him and Grant are probably two of the most amazing people <laughs> I've ever worked with as far. Bisming and I are like, we're planning family trips together and stuff. The guy's fucking incredible. Until right?
0: the camera goes on and then he then turns he knows on. how to be, yes. right? And he grew up, like yes. he grew up in a, in a
1: Northern, you know, uh, British town, UK called Clitheroe, which is a beautiful, it's a quaint town, but you know, it's like men there, there was a lot of opportunity. So you get drunk, you chase women, doesn't happen, you get into fights, right? So he's <laughs> like, I used to fight all the time. And he's like, it's really. And from a very young age, he'll tell you, he's like, I had no athletic ability. Like he was a klutz. He's like, but I could fight at a very young age. He was winning jujitsu tournaments. And yeah, he was winning the underagers at 13, beating 16 year olds in kickboxing. Like he was a fighter. Yeah. And when you see the injuries that he went through, something people don't know that we talk about in the doc. So every time Bisping got beat by Dan Henderson, the vicious knockout, yep. Vitor Belfort, vicious knockout. Yep. Every time he was beat when he was the number one contender, those people that beat him were tested for steroids and they all failed dan henderson failed wow vitor belfort and no, vitor belfort not only failed he had the highest testosterone rating they'd ever had higher than brock lesnar he was like like if the highest they'd had is 250 Vitor's 420 he yeah was he was uh that was the, that was the new
0: vitor that was the uh yeah, when the trt you vitor. just look at the photos yeah, and you're like yeah. whoa what happened to him did yeah. they put him in a lab and bring out wolverine vitor him and him and uh over, and, and over wolverine this, were the two the two that i can think of most that that But you, you just go now you go, go vitor before so trt and yeah, after and yeah. the photos are like yeah and,
1: and that's why Bisping, if you look at him, his physique is, if anything, he just got a little leaner because he fought at a heavyweight. Then he went to light heavy. Yep. But he's always been so against it. And he also claims that a lot of fighters when they're like, oh, I didn't know this is bullshit. And Bisping's like, listen, yeah. I like to party like the rest of us. And he's like, I never failed one fucking UFC drug test. Yep. So when you're saying, oh, I didn't know there's this testosterone in this and that, he's like, bullshit. <laughs> he's like, it means your chemist fucked things up, right? Because yep. he's always been clean. And, you know, it, I, I honestly, I don't know how you watch his doc and don't like Rocky Balboa doesn't have shit on him compared oh, to the that's... injuries he went through. I'll let him reveal it and let the doc do it. But he is an injury that no other athlete has main in any sport has become a champion with the injury he had. That's unbelievable. And he still didn't even want to talk about it. And we're like, dude. This is your doc. Like, this is like, I'm like, he is he love, like most it. of us, you and me are on the same age. Like he grew up, he loved Rocky just like I did. Yeah. You know, he's in front of the TV. He's like, those are my movies. He's like, the way Stallone articulated the, the emotions of the fighter are so authentic. And I'm yeah. like, dude, he ain't got shit on you, man. Like you. And then when he beat Rockhold, two weeks notice and he yeah. was filming AAA in Toronto he was overweight he'd gone out drinking he was like literally he's like the first I just started running I just ran out of my hotel room and started running in Toronto because I was like I have to drop 30 pounds and fight someone that already beat me in a couple weeks
0: in a couple weeks (laughs) and he did and he did and and um you you talk about you know you talk about fairy tale stuff and manifesting things and and it's so nice to hear the happy ending for people for him to actually have that championship um I, I love the story I love I love that you have um been able to expose this story to the greater audience and uh and it's it's super cool sports documentaries do that and they inspire people Um, when that's where you don't have and that's been the best part is like it's always interesting
1: when we make a film like you know my team's done this enough where you're we're pretty sure once we see a rough cut we're like oh this is special right like we know Mm. but it always feels great like the big offer we got when we got that and you're like okay it is Because often when you're talking about the distance between an artist and the business person, right, sometimes you can get so attached to it that you think you have something there, but it really isn't commercially successful. So it's always nice when the two kind of come together, like we've had really, like, you know, think we've been, you know, thinking there my team's done this consistently really since 2014, since the culture, I, but. You know, when you have that story and it goes out and then you get a studio offer, like it's a whole formal thing that comes. They have to send you official, like, you know, when you get a regular distribution deal, it'll be an email. We'll offer you this, these points, back and forth. It's like big boys When it comes now. from a studio, there's an official <laughs> offer. It has to get signed off by four people yep. and then it has to come to you and then you go back on deal points. Like it is a big thing. So it's really cool to see that, you know, we can honor these, you know, champion stories like Bisbing in a way and if you're not a fan it doesn't matter no we some of our that's the biggest thing when we were getting people to look or when we we're doing the rough cut screenings and stuff that people were like I don't even watch UFC, but this is fucking unreal. Like, yeah. how do I not know this about this man? And Biz being everyone that watches, they're like, I just love this guy. Can I go for a beer with him? And I'm like, <laughs> he is that guy. Like, whenever I go to LA now, I like schedule an extra day just to hang out with Biz if he's around. Because the two of us have a, a hoot when we're together, right? We like get the work done. And then when it's like, even even Rebecca, love you, Rebecca. She's she's, 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 she's always <laughs> like, so I guess... Michael, you're staying in town today with Adam <laughs> at the hotel. <laughs> they're like, they're like, yeah, well, we gotta work
0: late, honey. Yeah, so, that's what it is. Yeah. He's living in LA now. Yeah. He, well, he's actually just outside. He's in Anaheim Hills. Okay. Yeah. Boy, that place has sure changed in the last little while. Hey. Yeah, I don't know
1: if he's going to continue to stay there. I haven't got to talk to him as much as I'd like lately. Uh we it's funny because really on that one, same with the you know with a doc it's kind of different than a movie because you're telling a personal story so you're going to deeper places with a lot of these people and then they take longer like a movie it's usually like 30 days at one location and then boom you're out right and then with Doc, we've been working on with Bisbing for two years, right? Like we're small crew, going lots of geographic places. places. We went to the UK with him for two weeks, and we went to we were there at his Hall of Fame induction. We were we knew before he knew that he was going to get inducted in oh the UK. Oh my god, that's and the crazy! The CIA told us, they're like if you tell anyone, you you're you're done. Did but they make you sign an agreement, or was it just? Oh yeah, no, you're they, done. No, okay, they okay, fucking so, called so us, was, and they're yeah. like, if you <laughs> tell him before we do, they're like, you, like. They didn't want to threaten, but they're basically like, you're on Dana White's bad side and everything will shut. Right. Like so they want to. So we had to and, and we come up, we have footage of, I think I don't think it made the final cut, but Bisman comes, he's like, dude, that's gonna be amazing for the documentary. And we're like,
0: we've been holding on to this. Like, oh, you fucker, you knew. You knew. And we're like, yeah, it's like we were sworn to secrecy. He's like, you motherfuckers. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I I I have a hard time not fanboying um and asking you these 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 questions about some of these people that you've met and whatnot. I I I don't want to keep it on point, but um, I want to talk to Joe Rogan for a second. So a point personal point of pride for me in this podcast at some point, I believe he changed it. We'll have a trajectory that hits Joe Rogan. And when it comes to men and men being men in this day and age where we have taken the phrase man up and, and, uh, the old definition of it is gone. The, the idea of taking your emotions and stifling them down and, and all the stories we see the result of that. And that's why, you know, the culture is where it is right now. And we need to, we need, we need new ways to solve things. Joe is that guy where he is still a man's man, but at the end of the day, talk about taking it on the chin, talk about being, um, you know, being sensitive to other people. And, open and, and to and all still conversations. Open to everything. Joe is that guy. At some point, I know as this brand blows up, I know our trajectories are going to cross. You are the first guy that uh, that has been on this podcast that has been on the Joe Rogan podcast, <laughs> and probably going to be again. I would think uh, with, uh, with 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 Bisbing. I would I would think maybe
1: I'm I'm hoping that me and Biz both get on there. But it's that's such an interesting one where I'd love to be able to talk about the doc with Bisbing. But I also don't want to. Bisbing's an entertaining guy and a champion on his own, right? So I hope to because yeah, uh, but like, you've
0: been on there before, so is he right? You both have, been I've, on his podcast I've been on twice. You've been on twice, so, right? Like
1: I know because some people like. He was in the All the films high. I've done, doesn't matter. You've been on the Rogan podcast twice. Like right? that is the most like, right? like, literally people are like, you've been there. Joe was there? in the
0: culture high. And the union. And the, and the union is where
1: we, like. That, that's where I think most people saw Joe in a different way. Because at that point in Joe's career, 99% of people knew Joe as the fear factor guy. Yep and the ufc host yep they didn't know he was a stand-up comedian nope. like at least not maybe traditional people not from the boston area right, or right, people right, like right. you know he was on news radio and i was that guy art, right? i love
0: news radio so then there's kid. people yeah. that might have recognized yeah. him from
1: there but most people <laughs> like i know when even when we were filming at the film festivals and it was sold out people would be like oh shit fear factor guy right or the ufc guy right and then i don't think anyone as even joe has said he had no idea his podcast would become like he doesn't like to do it because it, it, it weirds him out as a, as a tired fan, both of us listen, but he's revolutionized the world. He's Absolutely. changed the way people think. Like, he's
0: this generation's Johnny Carson. Yeah. He, he's he really, is. I, he I, I'd say the a up comic with one I would appearance. say, he I can, would say he's even bigger because yeah. he challenged,
1: like Johnny Carson didn't have, you know, really difficult subject matters talked Absolutely. about on his plot in an open, honest Absolutely. way that was like. And it's so weird when you see people, these articles come up that they've taken one snippet of his three-hour things and been like, look at it. He's a sexist. He's just, I'm like, dude, you clearly don't listen to his podcast. Long form
0: is the only way you can listen to him properly. The only way. And then you see the
1: guests he has on there from like- like even other commentators like people on the left or the right they're like i sure. wouldn't have on half the guests he does like nope. he is so brave yep. to have and it isn't you talk to him and he was like i'm not brave i just really want to hear their point of view right and he's like i'm always willing to change my position and move which is human beings we all need to do social media is driving us so far to like we're stuck in our thought wave and we can't move from that and and, you know, dude, I, I can't thank Joe enough because I don't know. You've received the Ro- Rogan
0: bump. You've been I, the, I, oh, on the receiving end of it. You 100%. know what it's
1: like. So I can tell yeah. three, like, I, I don't know how I ever repay that man. And, I mean, not only does this podcast of just trying to make me a better human being listening to the people he has on there, which yeah. I think everybody owes him a, a huge thing of gratitude, which he wouldn't want. But, no, you know, and then he he did the union. He never he's done. He's been in three of my documentaries and he's never asked for anything. What's the third one? He's in Bisbang, too. Oh, he's, of course he's in Bisping. Fuck, yeah, of course like, he is. Like, of course he's, he is. <laughs> he's, he's always like, I, at this point, like, and because he's so good and he's so well-spoken at so many other things, like, fuck, you could put him in like just about every one, but I'm like, I don't want to ask him for any more favors. Like, I feel like an asshole being like, can you do another one of my documentaries? And, and, and again, like, he's so fucking good in Bisbang. Yeah. Like everyone, when they're like, like, Joe just has a way that. Because he has that emotion, and he and he articulates things, and he's very well thought out. That you sit down with him, and and, we, and he was rushed because he did it right before a UFC event, and he's like, Adam, I don't have a lot of time. I can maybe do twenty minutes, half an hour. I'm like, dude, we'll take whatever. Yeah. I know your time is precious. Thank you yep. very much. And in that twenty minutes, like we use almost half of it in the film because it's so fucking good. Like he's so thoughtful, and so I own for the union. <laughs> He helped us with that. I mean, nerf the world almost became like that. Was right yeah. before, that yeah. was right before memes <laughs> and t-shirts came like. I'm sure if it came out now, that yeah. like let's nerf the world yeah. would be because that whenever we did film festivals across the world, that would get everybody to laugh. He's like, You can abuse cheeseburgers too. We don't go shut down Burger King just because you can fucking abuse something. I can take a fucking fork and stab in my eye. Should we hold a lot of forks? I can jump off a bridge. You know, <laughs> oh, that's shoot. really good. And man. then he's, he's like, nice. he's like, yeah, he's like, should, should we get a lot of bridges? Let's nerf the world, right? And that went like No one had really seen Joe, I think, or a lot of people when we were screening had never seen him in that way. And people were like, wow. And I remember just that film just hit in a weird way is right when social media was owned solely by the creators. And it just it connected with audiences in ways that I see now with films, unless they have the commercial push, they just don't do it. Yes. Yes. And then Joe, you know, invited him, then his podcast started up. And I remember being like, wow, this would be so cool to be and then literally, like, it was like, I was singing. then he like text me. He's like, hey, like, would you like to come on? I'd like to talk about it. And I was like, fuck, yeah, I would. Yeah. Right. And then I remember when we were figuring out dates, I'm like, we were working on the culture high. And I was like, fuck, I have to time it because we're going to do Kickstarter. We're going to do a crowd yep. And I'd done all this research where. Almost all crowdfunding, and there was no term for crowdfunding when I did it. It was no, just Kickstarter Indiegogo. Right. Yeah. Now it's an actual official funding model that yep. everybody thought was going to die out that didn't. Is that after two weeks they peak and they crash. So I was like, Joe and I were going back and forth and I was trying to be like, okay. Brett, the director of the culture and the union and ice guardians and inmate. Yeah. <laughs> we work together boy, a lot. Yeah, yeah. I was like, Brett, you need to have the promo video. We need to launch by this date because I'm going to go on Joe's thing. So we have two weeks. And by then it's going to, you can watch the kick tracker. They call it. it's going like this and it's just starting to plateau. Yeah. And then we go on Joe Rogan's podcast and it goes fucking through the roof uh, and we get overfunded uh, by $50,000. And there's a right? the bump right there. And that was the bump. Like, and then. He comes and then, you know, he, we, he, we, the culture, I was the sponsor of five podcasts. That was my one way of giving back. We did a deal with Vimeo when they were trying to get into the transactional stuff. And they said, Hey, like, can we, how much to get Joe Rogan? I was like, listen, I've never crossed the business stuff with Joe. I've always just said, do you want to do an interview? Right. You're, you're passionate about the subject matter. We're friends. Like i've never crossed that like a million people are like hey you know joe can you get this?" i'm like fuck you oh, like, i can imagine You're i don't even bring a, my business thing like why yeah. the fuck would i bring your thing like yeah. fuck no yeah so i was like if you want to do that i'll connect you to his email and you can ask him and then he did and i, I was at least that way i don't know what vimeo paid him this was early on in yeah. the podcast because i think our first one was like my first one on there was like 150 or something and then yeah but um and he's getting close to 2,000 now, right? Or is he Yeah. Old? Yeah, I, I think, think it's, it's I don't know, Like, now it's tough to keep... I, for the first, like, 300, I never missed an episode. Right? Yeah. i listened to every single yep. one.
0: Yep. But now, just three
1: kids, up. and I travel, and there's two to three a week. And yep. uh, But at the time, I was working at Network Entertainment. I was living in Kelowna in Vancouver, so I would, I'd leave every Monday morning at 3 a.m., drive to Vancouver, work till Thursday or Friday, drive home. So, the podcasts were a must. I'm like, I need two podcasts, or this is going to be miserable. Absolutely. Like, I can't listen to music anymore. I gotta so that was like what i lived on and then to go on there twice and yeah you know for joe to have me on there and be in three of my films like i i i don't know i can never repay the man i just uh continually say thank you and he's he is every bit as good as you can ever imagine he loves to see people succeed they're there anyone that says anything negative about him is is got problems because they don't understand the man
0: yeah i can uh I can see that. I've met him twice uh, at appearances, just real, like two minutes. Like the photo there, yeah. Two minutes. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Um, and, uh, you know, we had a conversation about uh, one time we had a conversation about the Los Angeles Kings because I I went and saw him instead of going to the finals when we won our second Stanley Cup. And so I've got, a picture, I've got another picture of me and Joe and Joe's holding an L.A. Kings thing. and I'm wearing a I'm wearing a Kings jersey. And we talked a little bit about that. And the other one we talked about stand up, talked about a guy named Mitch Hedberg, stand up, uh, stand up yeah, who passed away yeah, 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 yeah. a while back that Joe loves. And, and it's funny. There are people all around and, and all, all this sort of stuff, stuff going on. And he makes you feel like you're the only two people in the room and he's so authentic and, and, and authenticity is something that keeps coming up in the, in, in the podcast. How uh, in our podcast, it was, he changed it is how we live in a world right now where it's, it's harder and harder to be authentic, especially if there's anything in the past that could come back up to you right now and things like that. And that guy That's, is that. literally going,
1: fuck you. I don't care. Like I, I'm staying authentic. Yes. Right. Like I'm staying yes. who I am. I am who I no. I couldn't agree more, especially with social media. And like, you even see now just like, like politicians, they all seem to be the same. Like just everything's so divided. And like, even now any article, no matter where it's from, I'm like, eh, I better check some other ones, right? Like nothing seems authentic anymore. Yeah. Other than that's why I just find his podcast like so refreshing. And I think that's why I'm so addicted to my team doing factual docs, right? Is that we're staying within the real story. Yes. Right now, of course, there's editing. There's certain things that like you know, we actually got a great compliment from our studio offer because Bisbing had a pretty volatile household. It was pretty rough. And he, but he, his parents and him have a great relationship, but you know, he had four brothers and sisters yep. and they're in a tiny house and yep. small town and tough times. His dad was former military, you know, and he was a sniper that was put to use. So probably some undiagnosed PTSD, uh, you know, PTSD. So that yep. Bisbing talked about um, when, when we got the feedback from the studio, they were like, I love the way that you touched on his family. Like we get it. We don't need to go any deeper. So there's ways to be, because people always say, well, with your docs, do you mean, like we never manipulate where we're not telling you the truth, right? But there is sometimes like, and there's with- It's a level
0: of respect. Yes.
1: And there's, and there's an in, like, again, I don't want to reveal because there's an amazing reveal in bizbing, but- he has a severe, severe eye injury, right? Yeah. Which most people know. And it's even more severe than people could ever imagine. Um, and we had to dance around that only because, you know, Bisbing is like, man, he didn't want the doctors and stuff that he'd gone through that had made the mistake. He didn't want them to get... When the doc released for them to get fired or lose their He was thinking of other people. He was thinking of other people. Wow, and he's like, Adam, cool. when I shake somebody's hand and I made that promise. So I was like, okay. I was, and like, I remember our director's like, ah, Adam, we have to be truthful. I'm like, <laughs> well, we can. I'm like, look, the one thing is we have a super charismatic guy that's getting into acting. Yep. Get him to just say, look, I don't want to throw people under the bus. So I can't tell you every detail, but just know it was fucking hard. Yep. And I got it back and you'll never really know how it happened. Right and he was like good enough like What's everyone was watching. it was like boom they're like yeah. like i was like biz that makes me respect you more that you don't want to throw somebody under the bus but you do want to talk about your injury so it, it, it all these things it's funny when you're going through this creative process because on every project you learn something different so bisping was very passionate there's some key things that when we were doing the creative just didn't land and he's like i don't like that i want you guys to change it and we're like okay and then you know it's kind of tough because you get saying like uh oh, but this and you know but it's somebody's real life story. So we're, you know, we kept pushing and Bisbing. all of his notes were good. And he's like, I want you to push a little bit more here and a little bit more here. And then it, it turned out great. Like the way that, you know, we always stayed authentic and being like, Hey, we're not going to lie. We're yeah. going to be honest on everything. And we're going to be, but it, it, it really turned out fucking fantastic. And I can't wait. I wish I could just say everything right now yeah, and just no, be like, no, "It's good." But, but but we're friends on Facebook within yeah. when it goes to release in six months, it will be everywhere. And you will, you won't be able to miss it to probably the point of be like, Oh, this fucking scourgey guy again. Can I ever not see him do something? Well, and I'll <laughs> tell you
0: this as we, uh, you know, we, we, we're, we're, we're uh, young and feisty as a, as an app and as a, as a, um, a force in the world. But I promise you this um, any, it, it's It's not just you, but anybody who's been kind of a supporter of what it is that we're doing. We're the little engine that could that's 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 going to become this 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 big thing that's being run out of a house right now. But it's it's going to blow up. Anybody that has helped support us, we're going to help support them. I do that in my personal life. Whenever I see one of your, one of your, your docs come up. We've met in the theaters many times. So I appreciate that. Absolutely. And, And, And we will do that. He changed it. We'll do that too. Because Adam, I swear to God, the work you're putting out there is actually improving the world. It's not just entertaining. It's actually thoughtful stuff. That's improving the world, and I know that that's not necessarily what you're setting out to do. You're setting out just to tell some great stories where where, where they're done very, very well, and you put them out there. But the authenticity shows, and they give such food for thought. I've thought about so many things on a higher level, whether from a sports documentary or from one of your your tennis documentaries, um, because of your art, because of what you're making than I do about almost anybody else. Like you're, you're a Michael Moore, but a positive Michael Moore in that regard. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I don't know if a, I'm, I'm articulating properly, but no, man, like that, you're, that you're is really making
1: your mark, But You're, 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 uh, you're making me emotional because that is, was we always wanted to, from the get go, my team and I wanted to make, entertaining stuff because you still are in entertainment, but it would have a Absolutely. positive effect. Right. So it is for for you to say that you've taken that away from it and hear that is really, really inspiring to me because it's always been, a thing. and that's where, you know, certain stories we've stepped away from because I'm like, ah, that's not for me.
0: Right. If I really if I don't
1: see, yeah. There's Can been, you get
0: specific or do you need to keep that private?
1: Yeah. I don't want to insult him, but there's nope, been some nope. stories that have come that, you know, I'm just like, like I'll talk about it. So one is like, you know, chasing evil, the Robbie evil story, that one, because there's no real you
0: talked about that because yeah. there's
1: no real you know robbie just doesn't have a real he, he it's kind of a crash and burn and sad and like he's accomplished a lot but he, he didn't he didn't have that redemption part of his story right and that's tough like that part was hard for us to kind of go through that with him and and i mean when you're doing factual stuff and there's a contemporary story you don't ever know how it's going to go right, right? so there is that risk um but that part's been it, it's been tough because Robbie's still struggling, you know, still drinking and still. So it, it's so one. Maybe of the, the story's ones, not done yet. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh-huh. it's 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 uh, you know, the film is great, and I remember when it came out, some people were like, "That's your best work," and it's you know. So, you, but there's still something to be taken from that in a positive way, right? Is that yep. you know even when you're chasing your dreams, you can get caught in the dark side because there are cautionary tales are, in that every, need to be told that are, and you yes. always hope it's more like Danny Treyu where it's like mm. rock bottom facing execution and then come back to be one of the greatest Mexican American, you know, actors of all time. Yeah. You, that is a crazy Like story. when that one came in our story, we're like, well, we don't even need to script anything no. here. It's fucking right there. No. Right. So, and then same when Bisbing came to us, like I always knew Bisbing. I followed him from the, season three of the ultimate fighter my wife and i were hoping he would get beat every time and he kept fucking winning i told him that biz i've told you that or i'm like this fucking guy keeps winning like don't bet against that fucking guy like, but he's
0: like a heel pro wrestler where he's like thank you like that's yes. a
1: compliment for him no he's like with you tuned in whether you and that's even we have dana white in the trailer saying he's like the thing with Bisming is you always tuned in whether you tuned yep. in to see him lose or yep. you tuned in to see him win you always tune in because you cared he made you care
0: yes and then
1: we even have like i'm giving spoilers here is we interviewed we and GSP talks like that's why I wanted to fight Bisbang, because he was just tremendously durable, arguably like Joe Rogan to say he's the probably the toughest and most durable fighter that's ever fought in the UFC. And I will say that having worked with tons of these guys, no fucking question. When you watch the doc and you see the injuries that he had to overcome, yeah. everybody say like, everybody gets injuries. Not like his. Yeah, No. Okay. No depth perception. Well, And again, <laughs> like he's, so, um, uh, but GSP <laughs> talks about that when he's like, he creates these emotions and you know, GSP's got that, friend, that French, he's like, he's like, he makes you care. And I can't do the French Canadian accent, but yeah. he's like, that's what I want to find. And then we show clips of them going back and forth. And, and the tough part was his business told us, he's like, dude, I hated doing that because i love george like when yeah. he called when they called each other george jumped on it right away he's like of course for bisbing but bisbing he's like if you watch the promo you would think they hate each other because bisbing's like if you have to listen to GSP for more than 10 minutes he puts you to fucking sleep holy <laughs> fuck that guy and then GSP's like what all you can say is fuck and and Bisping's like yeah come over here you motherfucker right and then he's like what do you got your sunglasses on you still
0: drunk and bisbing's like yeah it's vegas of course i'm fucking drunk right like, the but two of but that's are- creating that narrative and, and again to, to if we're building on familiar themes the idea of the art of what they do versus the business of what they do. Same deal. Right. And it's, 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 uh, it's rare and exciting when you find somebody, whatever the arena is, we're talking about it with you at filmmaking, talk about with them as, as, as being fighters where they can actually kind of become self-aware and realize, Oh, okay. How can I combine these two things And, and become a success because of it? I hate the fact that we have to, uh, start moving towards wrapping up. Um, I hate it so much because I love talking to you and it's, it happens every couple of years yeah. and it's always the highlight of my week, just like it is right now. Um, but I'm going to ask you, uh, the success leaves clues and you have, you have been able to, um, to do basically what you dreamt of doing and, and be a filmmaker and you're, and you're one of those, one of those people that just gets to monetize your passion and, and and it gets you in all sorts of wonderful, wonderful, uh, adventures and situations. Um, do you have anything? There are guys who listen to this podcast that are, that, that are maybe they're feeling they're in that down place right now. They're not they're you know, they've been kicked in the balls or maybe they're in hot water yeah. of some sort. We're making a deal with a, with a, with a hockey league with, he changed it. And one of the team owners said that to us, you know, it's not so much about guys who have mental illness or things like that, but what do you guys do when they get themselves into hot water? You know, like whatever it might be, um, you're a guy who, who, who it seems like everything's great all the time. And that is far from the truth. It's how you deal with it. What are some of the ways that you deal with these adversities? And, and, and can you talk if, if there's any tangible things that you can uh, the story you told me about your, your, your daughter before we turned the cameras on? You know, that's a, that's a really cool thing that if people just those three things that you got her to do, you know, um, if they just did it in their lives light would be uh, a little bit brighter for them. So <clears throat> I think I can
1: speak to this pretty well because it it was only seven years ago. I mean, that time's ticking by quick. But when I got hired at Aquila and moved to Edmond in 2013, yep. that's when I could finally quit working two to three jobs and making films and just make films.
0: Aquila owns the... Uh-
1: they used to. So they, used to, they did the show Oil Change and yep. then they got bought out by the Cates Group. So they're not around anymore. Okay, okay. But I was originally hired by them and then once ice guardians and culture and everything started, then I was able to just produce on my own. I was able to just finally be like, okay, I'm just going to be a producer. I'm going to really, I've learned the business well enough. I know how to do cash flows and how to get the next project going and how to keep this going so that, you know, because it, it as much as it, it, sometimes the work can release around the world. It isn't what people think for paydays, right? Like right, it is absolutely it, it's by the time Apple takes their piece and this one takes a piece. It's like, and then you share with your partners, you're like, yeah, okay. Like we, we make a good living now. And I, I'm not, I'm not complaining about it, but it isn't, it's like, not the perception. Like if you if your goal is to make money and that is how you measure your success, which is fine. That's not how I do it. Then you would much rather get into like investment banking or real estate because there's much more money to be had way more. Like it's not even close. Um, But if you want to do something with purpose and something that you love, like you couldn't pay me enough. And I mean this, like I've been offered some pretty like 200, $300,000 a year. And I would say pass. Like, I love what I'm doing. The time I get to spend with my kids. So, but you know, I'm on the, the upswing now. Things are clicking. It's been, it's almost like the Malcolm Gladwell of 10,000 hours. Yes. You know, you put in the time, things are starting to go now, but there was many years when they were not. In fact, not far from where we are now, the Cintas building, do you yeah, know where that is I down do. there? Absolutely. So I busted my ass as a sales agent there and I would try to work extra hard, you know, from Monday to Thursday to try to leave myself the Friday to spend the time to do research on how do I make being a filmmaker, a business and not a hobby. And this is what I tell people is like, wow. manage your time to do that. So when I when this was happening, my daughter was very young, didn't have my son yet. Um, but I would take like, rather than, Going bowling or rather than these social activities, I would look at my week like a work week. I'm like, okay, this much for my actual job, but this is what I want to do for my life. So if this would be the time that, you know, say someone's on a sports team or something like that, those three times a week for an hour is when I'm going to do research on how to move my career forward. Right. Like my own schooling I put on. And this is coming from a guy that was horrible at school. So people like, well, I could never do that. I barely graduated through, I cheated and I barely graduated through high school, right? Like I was horrific. If you would ask my teachers in high school, they would say that I was either going to be in the MC when I was in my early twenties or prison. That was their, wow. that was their goals for me, right? So a lot of my friends that still think back when they bump into our teachers and they're like, what's Adam doing these days? They're like you haven't read about him in all the newspapers. Yeah. And I, so, um, <laughs> it's nice. That part, I mean, that part's always nice when you're, when you're thought that you'll be a failure and, and you're not, but. For those people that are going through those struggle days, like I tell my daughter this and I didn't create this, but I heard this from a great athlete. There was a, I can't remember her name, but she was a star. Like every university wanted her point guard, female basketball player. Okay. And for whatever reason, she'd lost her confidence. And when she went, she was horrible. Like they were expecting her to be one of the greatest female basketball players. And she just couldn't put it together. Things were falling apart. And then she started to get in a quicksand and then she doubting herself. She couldn't hit anything and her dribbling. So she said- I started to go back to basics and just, I went to the local court and she's like, I would make, I'd force myself to get my mind to get three things positive out of those Training sessions. And she's like, Trust me, to start, they were so bad. Like, well, at least my outfit matched. Yeah. Right. Like, my shoes and, were tied up. <laughs> and I didn't fall. And I i made all my passes to where then it started to be like, I hit a good jumper. Then this started to And I have this talk with my daughter because my daughter has big dreams and works her ass off to play competitive hockey where she'll have a bad game. And I'm like, okay hey, kiddo, let's do it. Three good things. She's like, nothing, nothing. I was trash. I was like, No. I was like, I saw a face off that you want in the thing that was clean mm-hmm. to the point. I saw that you, your shit gifts are on point i saw that you back check and she's like well yeah but besides those everything was trash i'm like well that's three things right i know it sounds dumb or it sounds cliche but fortunately i've never i've never i don't struggle i guess with mental like i've never been where i get too negative down there i don't know where i get the positivity from i think it's maybe having two tremendous dads and a great mother and a great family i have a lot of support and i've had a lot of really good childhood friends that are still my adult friends so Anytime i get on that course, there's definitely days and there's yeah. weeks when I was like, ugh, like giving up this film thing. It's ridiculous. It's, I don't know how anybody makes money and I know why I thought it was cool. And, and like, you know, why I was so passionate about it. This is stupid, hmm. but try to always see, you know, that positive in it. Like, even if it starts that simple, I use that from this girl all the time. And, 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 and another thing, not, not to be too preachy, but I was also telling my daughter about this is that. If there's that thing in the week that you're dreading, calling a boss or, you know, reaching out to somebody about a project you want to do or a financier, try to tackle that on the Monday. If you can do that right when you get in and you tackle that out of the way, the rest of the week seems easy. Get the shit out of the way. And trust me, I was a big procrastinator. My biological father was a huge procrastinator at times. It was in my family. It was something that I took a choice to break. Right. Where I was like, I still do. I'm, but you, not-, I'm not, it was a choice. You made yes. the choice. Well, And I'm not saying like, I do it now, like no, it's a cakewalk. No, right. No. There's but- days when Monday I'm like, oh, I really don't want to talk to this guy or this, like, and I'm like, hey Adam, just get in at nine o'clock, get that shit done. And then it, man, it feels like, Whew. like what's going on for the rest of the week. Like maybe I should call <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger tomorrow and see if he wants to do a documentary. Right? Like when you get that off your shoulders, it is amazing how the rest of the week, You know, and something you you hear Joe Rogan talk about, like exercise, sometimes making yourself get up early and pushing like, yeah, it sucks. I get up in Edmonton and it's minus 30 and I have to drive to the gym and boots and my car's freezing, but I make myself run and I hate running I make myself do it. But then after that, I'm kind of like, okay, give me those government tax files. Give me all that shit. I don't want to do. And I'm going to bang it out. The other thing I would say, and this is the the biggest thing, specifically speaking for my industry, when we talked earlier about the disconnect between the creative and the business. Yep learn the business right i think my industry is almost the worst for it just because you see movies you see celebrities you see film festivals you see awards you see all the fun stuff yes but you don't understand how much that it is a job like any other and when you are pitching a project to a network they care about one thing how much do we spend and how much are we getting back right they want to understand so if you don't understand the business they sure as hell ain't going to give you money for you to figure it out I just had a seminar with this. They had me speak with, uh, you know, for a documentary seminar and I I showed everybody and I'm transparent. I share budgets. I share financial structures. I share, I don't believe in holding things from other people. Mm -hmm. You having success based on me helping you does not prohibit me from having success too. Yes. And there is a stupid thought about this. And again, this is where I think Joe's revolutionized the world is every bun of his friends that he's helped, they're all doing great yeah. on their own. Absolutely. It wasn't that, you know, it wasn't like Joe gave him a, a handout. Nope. He just gave them a platform to get noticed and they went off on their own and crushed. Yes. But he didn't have to. He could have been like, no, you can only come on my podcast if it's this. And if I'm getting like... Oh, get yeah. that attitude. Don't be douchey. Get that fucking douchey. Yeah, get that. I, I don't see for me. I remember when I was starting as a filmmaker and I'm trying to learn. I'm taking those moments with my daughter sleeping for an hour so I can try to figure out how to make this a business. And I'd reach out to other producers and they're like, well, I can't talk budgets and I can't talk financials and I can't share all this. And I'm like, man, I'm not trying to pry. I'm trying to learn. So when I get the opportunity to sit down with a broadcaster distributor, i sound like i know what i'm fucking talking about right so i don't look like like oh this guy's asking for five million dollars like who does he think he is scorsese like yeah i'm trying to understand that what is a legitimate offer for a feature doc like when you go to cbc is it a hundred thousand is it two hundred thousand like right. you start to learn that there's thresholds that they have and then you have to bring your tax credits you have to bring i just wanted to learn that but every producer would be like well i can't tell you that. i can't tell you that and i remember It'd i was like, secretive well, like,
0: about it I was like, well,
1: I remember I was like, well, if I'm able to be successful, and this was when I was really dreaming and being like, if I'm able to just do this, not work three jobs and like make a film on the side. I was like, I'm going to make sure that I share everything. Yes. I'm going to share fucking everything because I think that's, and it is already paid for. So the Probert doc that you mentioned. Yep. Someone called me like, Adam, how do we get NHL footage? I'm like, oh, you're never going to get it for ProBird. I'll show you how. Right? Like, So, <laughs> so you they were the like, secret sauce. so I told them that yep. they, and originally I was just giving them some guidance and then they kept calling me calling me I'm like, Hey guys, okay. At this point, like it's more than just a couple hour phone calls. Like you're calling me like once a week. Yes. Why don't you just hire me and I'll do that for you. And then they're like, okay. And then I'm working a world junior project with a, with a filmmaker here in town, Tyler, where he's like, Hey Adam, like you helped me back in the day. I met you at one of your screenings. You helped me. And then you, you called me, I called you a few times and you answered my call and you responded to my email. So now I want to bring you on. I want to get better. And we've got financing. I want to bring you on. I'm like, that's amazing. And then, so I've already seen it where really that thing that Danny talks about, like helping others good will come back to you yes instead of hoarding and being like no if i share with mike then maybe
0: yeah. he
1: might get a podcast bigger than me and like yeah he might, a, that's a horrible way to think get that shit out of your collaborate head, right? like, and see what happens help look if there isn't a better example look at joe fucking rogan Absolutely. right like that guy gave back to everyone they came on his podcast he did it he's now the biggest podcast in the world anything he touches like gold yep like I'm telling you, if that's, those are, I don't, I don't ever want to sound preaching when I leave these messages, but those are things that I've learned that have only been like this. Like and if you want to get religious, it's almost that old thing you're taught, like do one to others as you'd like done to yourself, yep. right? Like, do you like it when people hold with information, they're shady and they don't tell you everything and they won't help you. No, you would like it, pass it on to you. And I've, I've seen it. Like I can, in these last couple of years, it is really weird how much it's reciprocated back. Right. And I even see if you want to see another thing is even like with my daughter playing hockey, she started like with all these shutdowns and these weird rules where you can have 10 kids, but it can only be ODR and it can be one trainer. Well, she just started saying, dad, can you call this girl from here and this girl from here? And so all of a sudden these girls from like three different teams are all training and other parents are like, how are you guys trained from all three different teams? (laughs) And we're like, well, we're within the cohorts. We're all staying together because everything's shut down. And they just want to train. They all just want to get better and support Absolutely. each other. And instead of being like, ooh, no, you're with this team. I don't want you to get better. Ooh, you're a year younger than me. And it's so funny because all the parents now are like, why hasn't this been a culture in Edmonton or anywhere where there's hockey teams before? Because so many people are like, well, no, I don't want your kid getting better than mine. Right? Uh, I don't want like a stupid yes. mentality. Instead of thinking steel, sharpen, steel. Yep. Right? One gets better. The other one said, man, she's surpassed me. I have to train harder to get better. So I take that philosophy in my life. I take it in uh i i try like even that's why you and me had met a few times you're like hey you want to come on my podcast i'm like absolutely yeah. one i'd love to talk as you see because we're not having a problem there and uh yeah like i i love doing this kind of stuff so i hope i know that's a very long-winded no answer dude. to your question oh are you
0: kidding me <laughs> yeah. I, I this was uh this was gold and I, again i success leaves clues and and you don't measure your success based on monetary value all that kind of stuff you can tell that and and this is why i love the long form because you've done a, such a good job of articulating to you uh, what is success? And by the way, most men, most people out there who would hear your message would agree with you that they just want to be doing the things that they want to do and uh, with the people that they want to do them. You are doing that in so many ways in your life and you're just getting started. The future projects that you have uh, going, hey, as long as you have a connection to this city here and as long as we're still uh, connected, please come back. Um, I Absolutely. will do my best. We will do our best to promote everything Well, when, you well, do. when theaters
1: finally <laughs> open up again, yes. I'll do a podcast before every time we do a screening i'm oh, actually very God. disappointed there's something i said to my wife <laughs> that you know because when you when you're a parent and, and we're going through life we're always still trying to figure things out and, yeah you know awards and stuff like that and having commercial success is great but one of the best measures that i've said to my wife and you know she she looked at it, and i think this is one of the reasons why she actually loves me because there's a lot of things which she doesn't but <laughs> <laughs> when i looked and i said like how Kelowna always sells out for me right and mm. sure people want to see the film yep But I think a lot of that comes with the relationships made here and people want to support me and growing up here and stuff like that. Like, sure, they want to see the film. I'm not taking away from any of my team's work, but more so the constant sellouts here, even though I haven't even lived here for seven years, is because I feel that me and my team have done right by others in the community that they're like, hey, there might be other people come and do a screening, but we will support his. Like, I didn't care about UFC or I don't care about hockey, but I'll come and support. So you know, those, those little measures that I'd said to my, my wife's kind of like, absolutely. She's like, I'm, I'm surprised you even picked up on that. I'm like, yeah, every once in a while I get emotional when I'm focused. <laughs> so, uh, I will always come back to Kelowna and anytime I'm doing something here, I will definitely jump oh, on the podcast and stuff. So my
0: man, uh, um, I, uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate this. I can't tell you how grateful I am that you were here. Uh, there it is another episode. Um, I, we started the podcast by talking about that uh, in in a, in a small measure of ways. I like to live vicariously through Adam and through some of the things that he does. I think we've done a very good job of articulating why. And um, that's another episode of He Cast, the official podcast of He Changed It. Please feel free to subscribe. Feel free to share. And uh, if you haven't downloaded the app yet, go ahead, download it, share it to your friends. And in the meantime, my name is Mike Chisholm. Go change something.